Ignition running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Quick check of the radar here. Oh, we've got a, a flash flood warning in effect for DeKalb County uh, around the Decatur and Druid Hills area. That'd be around Emory. It appears liberal tears are still flowing throughout the area. Uh, swamping cars, uh, the, the, the tears are still happening. Uh, because of the Brett Kavanaugh nomination, you can actually detect it on radar. There is so much water out there and, and water vapor now in the air in the Decatur area. Um, actually, seriously, there are light sprinkles in the Decatur area on the radar right now, but uh, no no flash flood warning um, other than... <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious, y'all, come on. This is ridiculous. Oh, the tears of unfathomable sadness. The meltdown is hysterical. You've got um, Terry McAuliffe, the former governor of Virginia, Bill and Hillary Clinton's lackey, out there saying that Brett Kavanaugh will literally and directly lead to the deaths of millions. Now, how can Brett Kavanaugh lead to the deaths of millions when they already told us everyone had died from net neutrality in the tax cut? How can this be? <laughs> just, y'all, it's insane. The level of, you know, listen, 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 listen. Trading Anthony Kennedy for Brett Kavanaugh is like, at, at the court, is like trading broccoli for broccolini at the dinner table. Or, or chicken for turkey. Or tofu for air. Um, it just, it, it's, it's not a big change. Nothing really is changing on the Supreme court for that matter. Uh, is Kavanaugh to the right of, of Anthony Kennedy? Yes, he is generally. Um, but he's, he's big into judicial restraint. Uh, it's not like he's that far from Anthony Kennedy, who, by the way, this past, um, court's term voted fairly consistently and regularly, with conservatives it's just not a a huge thing y'all um and now let me find this tweet for you that came up a little while ago um 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 um, um. where where is this yep bear with me here um yeah the meltdown from the left the hysteria from the left they're out claiming ah this man we can't have this man on the supreme court because the fbi is investigating here here we go the leadership conference i don't even know what the leadership conference is um all civil rights org is their twitter handle the leadership conference on civil and human rights all the nation's oldest and largest civil rights coalition. All make no mistake. I'm sorry. I have to read this in their voice. Make no mistake. Brett Kavanaugh is a direct threat to our civil and human rights and is unfit to serve on our nation's highest court. Seriously, I don't even know who the heck this person is. Uh, Vanita Gupta, I have no idea, but yes, this is so stupid. Okay, 
Let me give you some stats on Brett Kavanaugh, but there are very few people who have ever shaped the Supreme Court who go on the Supreme Court. Uh, John Jay uh, at the founding of the country is one of them. I mean, th this is very, very, very few. See, here's the thing. Uh, Kavanaugh clerked for Anthony Kennedy. He was then hired by a law professor named Elena Kagan. He then worked for Ken Starr during the Clinton years and then went to work for George W. Bush, who appointed him out of the White House onto the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. He actually married George Bush's private secretary, um, in a personal secretary who worked for him in the White House. Uh, he had brought up from Texas. Um, Kavanaugh is the guy who told George W. Bush back when the filibuster was still in effect for judicial nominees. Thank you, Harry Reid. Kavanaugh is the guy who told George W. Bush that if you find someone to replace Rehnquist and O'Connor, who has come out and said specifically that Roe v. Wade should over, be overturned or that uh, the Second Amendment is an individual right, that there's no way the Democrats would allow that person on the court. So to find a conservative who can go on the court, who will move the court to the right, what you need to do is you need to find a judge who hasn't written explicitly about ideological issues, but has written regularly about judicial restraint and the need for judges to know their place and the need to rein in judges from their current place. So the White House took this under advisement and the president asked his people to go out and find all the circuit court judges who had written extensively on the uh, third branch of government had gotten too big and needed to be reined in. And, and two names came back, a guy named John Roberts and a guy named Sam Alito. Now, you may be upset with John Roberts for his Obamacare decision, but that came years after he was put on the bench. His record is still very much to the right. Sam Alito is definitely to the right of Sandra Day O'Connor. If anything, Roberts is slightly to the right of Rehnquist, but not much, but he's still conservative, even if we don't like his Obamacare decision and a couple others. But there are some areas where he's actually better than Scalia. And one is the administrative state and the out-of-control federal bureaucracy. Another is judicial restraint. Um, John Roberts has passionately argued that the federal judiciary has gotten too powerful and must restrain itself. So is Sam Alito. And Kavanaugh is the guy who advised George W. Bush to find judges like that. He never said, go get Roberts to go get Alito, but he did say, go get guys who have advocated for reigning in the federal judiciary. And that's what Bush did. But then there's something else. In, in Kavanaugh's time on the U.S. Uh, Circuit Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia, he has authored 300 opinions. Eleven of those have been adopted by the Supreme Court. Eleven of Kavanaugh's opinions. And what I mean by that is the Supreme Court has directly cited Kavanaugh's decisions or opinions, whether in the dissent or in the majority on the Court of Appeals, oftentimes in dissent, when the Supreme Court was reversing the Court of Appeals decision, 
they have cited Kavanaugh's reasoning and made it their own. One of those, by the way, was on the second revisiting of Heller, the gun rights case. But several of those were in reigning in the EPA and the administrative state. Y'all, listen, you don't have to be a lawyer to appreciate this. It is a very rare thing for the nine members of the Supreme Court to look down at a judge on a lower court and say, what that guy said, that's what we want. It's rare for the Supreme Court to, by name, point to a judge in the lower bench and say, this guy's legal reasoning we adopt as our own. It just doesn't happen. It has happened with Brett Kavanaugh 11 times, and it's not just the conservatives who have done it. It's the liberals, too. Elena Kagan loves the guy's logic in a a number of cases. Scalia and Thomas have cited Brett Kavanaugh more often in the last dozen years than they have anyone else by name and adopted his reasoning. Clarence Thomas has adopted Kavanaugh's reasoning on a host of issues related to the administrative state. Scalia has when it comes to the Second Amendment. He has when it comes to the Fourth and Fifth Amendments. He has when it comes to free speech. Um, Roberts has done so. Um, This guy, whether you like him or not, whether you think that he's not conservative enough or too conservative, you can't say this guy is unqualified when 11 times in the last dozen years, members of the Supreme Court on the left and the right have adopted his line of reasoning and called him out for it in praise of him from their opinions. That just doesn't happen from the Supreme Court. So what I'm getting at is the hysteria from the left. If Brett Kavanaugh was replacing Kagan, Sotomayor, Breyer, or Ginsburg, I'd disagree with it, but I'd get okay. You you see the court dramatically shifting to the right. It's not really shifting that far to the right, replacing Anthony Kennedy. And yet you would think the end of the world is coming for these people. We're all going to die, according to them. Literally, they say. Literally, we're going to die because of this guy. It is over-the-top nonsense. And a reminder of how unhinged so much of the left has come in their political rhetoric. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank, and it's sometimes very difficult and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. 
Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It is 27 after the hour. The phone number, I'm going to go on and open up the phone lines now. We'll take your reactions to Brett Kavanaugh. What do you think? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And I want to tell you all about Harry's Razors. Why? Because they're awesome for a limited time. My listeners are going to get a special deal. Now, you know, you can go to Walmart and Target. And get Harry's razors. In fact, when I was in D.C. a couple weeks ago and had forgotten my razor and was on Meet the Press, I was able to go to a Target and buy a Harry's razor blade. And my goodness, you save so much money compared to the the fancy name brands that actually aren't better than Harry's. They're solid. Uh, So for a limited time, you get a special offer. New customers get $5 off a shave set from Harry's with code Erickson, my last name, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N, at harrys.com. Now, that means... You get a starter set. It comes with a five-blade razor. You know, they have less than five blades. If you're like me and you get razor burn and whatnot, you can go less. But their starter set, you get a five-blade razor, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just how much? Not $10. Not even $5. $3. 3 bucks. And free shipping when you use code Erickson at harrys.com. You join millions of guys, myself included, who've already switched by going to harrys.com today. You use code Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N, at checkout to claim your offer. By the way, speaking of checkout codes and whatnot, this reminds me, um, with the Red State Gathering, Red State, listen to me, Resurgent Gathering coming up. Um, I still can't tell you guys who some of the speakers are because they're from the Trump administration and the security concerns are legit. I want to talk about security for the Supreme Court when we come back, as a matter of fact. But we do have some cool speakers, uh, some governors, some senators. David Perdue is going to be there from Georgia, Ted Cruz from Texas and others. Uh, so text Austin to three four five three four five if you want to come there's still time to get the hotel deal too you get i think uh 50 off the hotel rates at the austin sheraton you get uh discounted parking free wi-fi breakfasts and lunches are included on the third and the fourth is a great deal so come to austin text austin to three four five three four five and we come back security when does the shooting begin over brett kavanaugh and i mean that seriously It is 39 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson, and I'm happy to take your phone calls about Brett Kavanaugh. What do you think about this appointment? The phone number, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to go first tonight to Nick Incoming, if I can actually get this phone line to connect. Nick, there you go. How are you? Hi there. What do you think? Well, I would think about what Kerry McAuliffe said about millions of lives to be threatened if, if Brett Kavanaugh gets confirmed. And I was wondering, is this on top of the 93 million Americans that die every day from gun violence? Uh, yes. Yes, it is, as a matter of fact. Uh, the, did you say 93 million? Yes. Kerry McAuliffe went that 93 It was shortly after me. Oh, that's right. Yes, I I forgot that. 93 million. Yeah. Well, listen, Nick, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're actually dead. The tax cuts killed you. 
Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I I was killed by net neutrality. I I, I oh. believe you got killed by the tax cuts. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yep. Fascinating how story. that works. Yep. Any Americans left alive? Apparently, have you seen Infinity Wars, Nick? Um, no. I I mean, if I turn the clock right, it. No, 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 no. It, it's the movie, The Avengers: uh, Infinity oh. War. I haven't got to see it yet. Okay, well, uh, apparently uh, Brett Kavanaugh is Thanos because he snaps his finger and half the population immediately is rendered to ash. Well, the bathroom B said that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is being sealed in carbonite until the next session starts. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yes. Thanks very much for the phone call. Yeah, the Babylon B, the, the uh, Christian University, he says they've sealed Ruth Bader Ginsburg in carbonite and they photoshopped the image of Han Solo and it's got Ruth Bader Ginsburg's head. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, y'all, let's see. Uh, according to the left, um, millions of Americans died because of net neutrality. Millions of Americans died because they attempted the um, health care repeal. Millions of Americans died because of the tax cuts. Millions of Americans died because they of Neil Gorsuch. Uh, and, you know, it, it is really funny that the left went from a week ago screaming about... Um, separating children from their parents to this week now screaming about they're not going to be able to separate children from their mothers in utero. Um, it just, the the logic of the left is the logic of an insane asylum, and, and that is the thing you need to understand. Now, back to the phone as we go. Uh-oh. I can't see your name, so you have to tell me your name. Uh, if you're talking to me, it's Jim. I'm talking to you, Jim. Welcome. Well, fantastic. Uh, I've, I've just got to point out, that if you're a so-called journalist or reporter, which doesn't exist anymore because they're activists and propagandists, but if, in fact, you have that label behind your name on your business card, then the first thing out of your mouth should be accuracy. And accuracy is pointing out that the people outside the Supreme Court were protesting, and they didn't even know who was going right. to be nominated. They had signs for all the potential picks. Yes. And so if, in fact, you say, hey, I'm a reporter, I'm credible, which they're not, then how can they sit there and get on TV or radio and have anything to say because they're totally corrupt? Listen, there's a great example of this. The NBC Capitol Hill correspondent um, actually tweeted a series of, of things this morning that um, the uh, I'm trying to actually find the piece so you can I want to give you her name because I, I do believe that this person should be shamed for what they did. It's NBC's Capitol Hill reporter, uh, Leanne Caldwell, and she tweeted that the president of the United States had collaborated with Justice Kennedy, who said he would resign or retire if Brent Kavanaugh was the replacement. Got that? Kennedy said he would give Trump a legacy win and retire only if Kavanaugh was the pick. According to a source, she then later in the day deleted all this when it was pointed out this, this story is complete BS. And the source who told her wasn't even in the room, and she admitted that to begin with. But yet she's pushing this out on social media. It got tens of thousands of retweets on Twitter, and her correction only got 53. It's just par for the course these days. The phones we go. Kurt and Sugar Hill, you're next. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? 
I'm doing good. I got a question for you. Um, so Ruth Gator Bader Ginsburg is what, 94 years old? Yes, by the way, I like Ruth Gator Ginsburg. Yeah. <laughs> um, what happens if, because, you know, she's, she's getting up there. What uh-huh. happens if she becomes incapacitated? Well, then suddenly you have a a five to three conservative majority on the court. There, there's no way to actually get rid of a member of the Supreme Court short of impeachment. Okay, so you can impeach them. Yes, you can impeach. Because, because my concern is that they'll leave her plugged in until 2024, <laughs> whenever they have a hope at another pick. Well, listen, I mean, apparently Elon Musk is switching her over to solar power soon. Um, so, I mean, they, they, they could, as long as the sun is shining, keep her going for a while now. There ain't enough sunlight in the Sahara to keep that lady alive. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Kurt. Thank you. Um, she is she's the oldest member of the court, and a lot of people on the left are really angry that she did not uh, retire when the Democrats controlled everything. They, they genuinely do blame her. Uh, there is an underlying, despite the notorious RBG fandom that she has, there's among uh, liberal legal circles, there is a lot of resentment that she didn't retire when she had the opportunity because she's so old. Um, and there's no, if she, I mean, God forbid, and I really do mean this, I I don't wish ill on the woman. I, I do wish she would retire, but if she had a stroke and was incapacitated, there's no way to remove her from the Supreme court. Uh, she could still occupy a seat even though she couldn't show up for work. And the only way to remove her would be impeachment. Um, and the Democrats would rather have an incapacitated person keeping that seat, uh, holding that seat until a Democrat can get in the White House, uh, than surrender it to Republicans. That's where we're at these days, and that would probably happen. But there's polling out that actually suggests that the Democrats are in danger of losing more seats in the Senate. I'll tell you about that when we come back. Thank you very much. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's see. I'm going to go to the phones and go to Chris from Canton. Chris, welcome. How are you doing, Eric? Good. How are you? Well, you said you were about to talk about some of the Senate polls. Which ones were you about to refer to? Uh, The Axios polling that came out today. The Axios? Okay, because yeah. I was looking at that, and yeah, I, I did see that it looks pretty good for Republicans. Um, the only thing is SurveyMonkey, because it, it was a SurveyMonkey yep. poll, like they're one of the lowest rated pollsters right. on 538's poll rating. Like yep. they have like a D minus on 538's pollster ratings. Exactly. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, but it it well, does look good. Yep. We'll see. It does. Uh, the, the point, though, Chris, is that, yes, the Survey Monkey, and part of it is online, too, and you've always got to be skeptical of those, um, but the trend lines are consistent, and, and that's largely the point here, is that uh, don't pay attention to the individual poll number, pay attention to the poll line, or the poll trends, and the polling average. And the polling averages are starting to line up, even though it's Survey USA, or Survey Monkey, rather. Uh, the polling trends are all in that direction that you're starting to find Republicans doing better than expected in some of these seats. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. 
It's 8 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Before I go any further with this program, and I have news for you, but first I want to take Brian from Winder, who's been waiting patiently. Welcome, Brian. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Good. I was hoping you could clarify something I've heard the last week or so leading up to the announcement. That you're going to die? <laughs> Probably. Something along those lines. But I actually found it interesting on a couple of uh, the not-so-conservative uh, talk shows and roundtables, I've heard the same thing repeated, but they've never clarified that though they agree with the outcome, one of the reasons they're worried about who might be picked was that constitutionally and legally Roe v. Wade is bad law. They like what it means for them, but they're worried about what it means on paper. And I was hoping you could maybe clarify what they meant by that. Yes. Yes. That's actually a really good question. Thanks for that. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has actually put it better than anyone else. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, so to understand, um, Roe versus Wade was based on a privacy right found in the Bill of Amendments, uh, Bill of Rights, I'm sorry. Uh, found in the Bill of Rights that was described as uh, in Griswold as interpreted from one of the amendments. It wasn't there per se. Uh, It was there, let me find the exact language. Yes, uh, the Sixth Amendment, um, uh, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, uh, and no warrant shall be issued, uh, uh, but upon probable cause, support by oath, and then um, Article the 7th, uh, no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless present on an indictment by a grand jury, blah, 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 blah. And then you've got the Ninth Amendment, or in the Ninth Amendment says in suits at common law, where the, oh, wait, that's the wrong one. Um, it is, yes, um, I'm sorry. So to clarify, the original Bill of Rights Ten amendments. There were twelve of them in the package. Uh, not all of them got adopted. Um, so when I said the eleventh, that's actually the eleventh of, of the proposal. It was the ninth amendment. Uh, the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. There is a presumption that there are rights that are not specifically outlined in the Bill of Rights, and. One of those rights goes back to the prior rights, and that is that you have a right to privacy. That right to privacy, they decided under Griswold, is the Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their homes, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall be issued. Um so, what does all this mean? I'm complicating it because I'm reading off the original text and not the actual as adopted, getting my numbers wrong. Uh, what it actually means is that they decided there's a privacy right in the Constitution that you take the Ninth Amendment, that there are enumerations not in the Constitution, 
And then you take the Fourth Amendment, that the right of the people are to be secure in their persons, combine them together, and boom, you've got a right to privacy under the Constitution, according to Griswold v. Connecticut. So what the Supreme Court in Roe v. Wade did is they said, so you got this privacy right we determined is there that no one knew they had until we determined it a few years ago in Griswold. And we're going to say that, that because of that privacy right, if you're pregnant, you have the private right to do what you want with the child in your stomach if you're a woman, so long as that child isn't viable outside the womb. In other words, you can kill your kid if the kid couldn't survive out of the womb um, for any length of time. And that has actually allowed that logic has allowed people to restrict further and further the time by which you can have an abortion, because as science has advanced, it's now it's a child born at 22 weeks can typically live outside the womb under special care. So I have muddied the situation because I've thrown myself off and in, in trying to explain too much detail. But the, the basic gist of it is Ruth Bader Ginsburg said you shouldn't have done this under a privacy right under the Fourth Amendment. What you should have done this under is the enumerations of the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. That is, you should not, there is a right to your body. There is a right to yourself. That right should exist under the Ninth Amendment separate from any right to privacy. Uh, it should exist under the Thirteenth Amendment because of slavery. The government should not be allowed to control you. And had you placed the right there, it would have been much harder intellectually for conservatives to argue about handing this off to the states than arguing for it under the Fourth Amendment combined with the Ninth Amendment as Roe versus Wade did. Uh, Ginsburg makes a very compelling case, actually, I dare say, um, that they just got the amendment wrong where you should find a right to abortion. Now, I disagree with it. I don't think it's there. But she makes a good case it should have been found elsewhere. And I've kept Mark McKay waiting because I've been rambling trying to explain this so people can understand it. So let me ask you, what is slavery? What is slavery? Well, one of the words used for slavery historically is thrall. The state of being in someone's power. In you know, when you're in thrall with someone, when you're in thrall with someone, you are under someone else's power. They control you. That was another word for slavery. So the argument from some people on the left is that your ability to have an abortion is under the 13th Amendment. It's not a right to privacy. It's a right to control your own body. Because if you can't control your own body, you're enthralled to someone. You're enslaved to someone else. That was kind of the intellectual argument that Roe versus Wade, the right to an abortion, they support that right to an abortion but it was defined by the men who wrote Roe versus Wade in the wrong part of the Constitution. They should have put it in another part of the Constitution because they didn't. They made it easier to curtail. That's the argument. And I'm sorry I muddied the water for you trying to be overly complex. Um, it was a good question, though. That's Ruth Bader Ginsburg's argument. And I do think it's worth noting that she has said, and she said it more than once, that in fact Roe versus Wade was a terribly decided case. She supports the right to have an abortion, the right to kill your kids. She believes that that is a right. 
but she believes that the men who wrote Roe versus Wade grounded that right in the wrong part of the Constitution, thereby making it easier to be gotten rid of, and thereby making it easier to fail to build an intellectual case against it. Um, that was her point, and that's the point of others. So they want it, they just want it founded somewhere else in the Constitution. Now, what will happen if Roe v. Wade is gotten rid of? Well, nothing. You'll still have abortion across the country. Uh, it just won't be under federal control, and states will have to pass laws to prohibit abortion. Um, and there will be judges in states who say, uh, no, under our Constitution, uh, the right to abortion exists. Under the federal Constitution, it may not, but under ours, it will. So nothing's really going to change. If the Supreme Court came out tomorrow and issued an opinion, an opinion and said Roe v. Wade is overruled, nothing would change. Nothing would actually change, believe it or not. Now, I know that left-wing hysterics tell you that, yes, everything would change, but actually nothing would change because then states would have to go ban abortion. And good luck getting a majority of Republicans in the Georgia legislature to ban abortion. I mean, they tell you that they will, but they tell you that they will because they have the luxury of Roe versus Wade to hide behind knowing that they can't. If they were actually enabled to ban abortion in Georgia, Republicans in the state legislature would not do it because Hollywood and corporate interests would come calling and saying we're going to boycott the state. And Republicans in Georgia, if anything, love money more than they love their voters. And they will not turn down money from Hollywood studios and corporate interests threatening boycotts. Uh, they will turn down the voters of the state instead. So nothing would change if Roe v. Wade were thrown out tomorrow by the Supreme Court. It's all a bunch of left-wing hysteria designed to fundraise and scare Democratic voters who don't know any better into voting. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank, and it's sometimes very difficult and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and you just, you, sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. I haven't even got to talk yet about what I want to talk about when it comes to, to Brad Kavanaugh, but I'll get there. I want to take your phone calls too. Joseph in Atlanta, you're next. Welcome. Hey, Joseph. Hi, hi, can you hear me? Yep. I can hear you. 
Eric? Uh, let's put Joseph on hold and... Hey, Eric, I'm here. Okay. All right. Are you there? Let's go, hey. Joseph. Hey, Eric. Th- thanks a lot for taking my call. I appreciate you you, you spending time with us. See, my, my question is pretty simple. I think you were, you were talking a minute about Georgia having to uh, abolish or, or pass a law that makes abortion illegal if, even if Roe versus Wade were to get overruled or overturned. And, right. and, I, and I wanted to, and I wanted to just at a basic level understand that rationale. My thought was, if it gets overturned, doesn't it, in effect, make it illegal nationwide at that point? No. It doesn't because all Roe versus Wade. So Roe versus Wade involved a Texas statute that said abortion was illegal, and when Roe versus Wade went to the Supreme Court, what the Supreme Court determined is that abortion is a constitutional right. Um, so if it went away, it's no longer a constitutional right. But that doesn't mean you can't have one. It doesn't. It's declaring something not a right doesn't make it illegal. In the same way, you eating chocolate, uh, it's not a. You don't have a right to chocolate. You just get to eat chocolate. Um, so if the Supreme Court were tomorrow to, to say that you don't have a, a right to an abortion, doesn't mean that abortion is banned. It just means there's not a right under the Constitution to it. You can still have one. Uh, in the same way you can have chocolate, even though there's not a right to chocolate in the Constitution. Um, what would have to happen is you would have to then go back and pass laws that say uh, abortion is prohibited because the default in American jurisprudence is that unless something is prohibited, it is permitted. In totalitarian countries, remember that the typical default is that unless it is permitted, it's prohibited. In American jurisprudence, the rule is that if something is not expressly prohibited, it is permitted. And so unless you have a law that expressly prohibits abortion, it may not be a constitutional right, but it's permitted. You have to pass a law in Georgia to say no one's allowed to eat chocolate for there to be a chocolate ban. If there's no law, then the default is you get to eat chocolate. The same way that if you got rid of all laws prohibiting marijuana, well, marijuana would become legal. There's no law saying you can't do it. you got to have a law that says you can't do this. Um, So it doesn't have to be a constitutional right for you to be able to engage in eating chocolate or what have you. There's just got to be no laws saying you can't do it in American jurisprudence. Now, when we come back, I'm going to get to my point on Kavanaugh. I'm going to stop yielding to callers and take back my microphone <laughs> make a point uh, on Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, and one of the areas where Antonin Scalia had a blind spot and I think got it wrong. Uh, in fact, most conservatives think that, that Scalia was on the wrong side here. You need to understand this because you're going to hear a lot about this. Um, there is a case, a Supreme Court case from 1984. I had to learn it in stat law and law school. It's called Chevron. Chevron USA versus the National Resources Defense Council. And it is about the power of regulatory agencies to pass regulations when Congress has been nebulous on the law. Let me read you the key passage from Chevron. If the intent of Congress is clear, That is the end of the matter. 
for the court as well as the agency must give effect to the unambiguously expressed intent of Congress. If, however, the court determines Congress has not directly addressed the precise question at issue, the court does not simply impose its own constructions on the statute. Rather, if the statute is silent or unambiguous with respect to the specific issue, the question for the court is whether the agency's answer is based on a permissible construction of the statute. In other words, if an agency is regulating because Congress says do this, and Congress hasn't been specific, then courts can't give their interpretation to what Congress said. Courts give deference to the regulators who are the experts. The problem here is that who decides which regulators get to regulate? Now, Scalia and the liberals on the Supreme Court decided that the executive branch gets to regulate. If Congress gives the power to the executive branch to regulate, the executive branch regulates. But John Roberts and Sam Alito, and to a degree Thomas, although not in the key case, he went with Scalia on this one, um, Neil Gorsuch, they all take the position that it's not enough to say that the executive branch regulates. Let me read you Roberts's argument. The framers did divide government power in the manner the court describes for the purpose of safeguarding liberty. And yet, the citizen confronting thousands of pages of regulations promulgated by an agency directed by Congress to regulate, say, in the public interest, can perhaps be excused for thinking that it is the agency really doing the legislating. And with hundreds of federal agencies poking into every nook and cranny of daily life, the citizen might also understandably question whether presidential oversight, a critical part of the Constitution, is always an effective safeguard against agency overreach. It is against this background that we consider whether the authority of administrative agencies should be augmented even further to include not only broad power to give definitive answers to questions left to them by Congress, but also the same power to decide when Congress is given that power. In other words... If Congress gives the executive branch of government the power to regulate, it's not enough to just give the executive branch the power because you got the EPA, you got the SEC, you got the IRS, you, you got all these administrative agencies. So the question should be, which agency gets to promulgate the rules? And the big government answer, the answer Scalia went with, was just, just whichever ones, as long as the executive branch has the power to do this. And most conservatives, John Roberts and Sam Alito and Brett Kavanaugh, have said that's not good enough. You shouldn't have the Securities and Exchange Commission writing environmental regulations, and you shouldn't have the EPA writing accounting standards. The big government answer would be, hey, they're both within the executive branch. Let them do it. As long as Congress has said the executive branch gets to do this thing. Brett Kavanaugh has routinely in his 12 years on the D.C. Court of Appeals said, no, this is wrong. That the EPA can't write accounting standards for businesses that engage in environmental cleanup just because the business engages in environmental cleanup. The EPA has no authority from Congress to write accounting standards. Brett Kavanaugh has also said, for example, that the IRS has no authority to regulate tax preparers. The goal of the IRS is to write regulations and enforce the tax code, not to regulate tax preparers, which is a different thing. They fall under accounting standards, not tax rules. And by the way, Scalia backed him up on that, as did Clarence Thomas. He's also taken to task the EPA 
and said the EPA, for example, doesn't have the, the ability to regulate certain things, even if he thinks it's a good idea. For example, he said the EPA doesn't have the power to regulate uh, carbon emission standards because Congress hasn't given them that power. Um, pretty big deal here in rolling back the regulatory state and constraining it in making sure it can't overrun the role Congress has ascribed, and also forcing Congress to write clearer laws. There's a point to this. So here's the thing. Um, the federal, the Code of Federal Regulations exceeds 200,000 pages. In just the first five years of the Obama administration, the Code of Federal Regulations, that's where all federal regulations reside so that you can see them in paper. In just five years of the Obama administration, it grew by almost 20,000 pages. And Kavanaugh's position, John Roberts's position, Sam Alito's position, Neil Gorsuch's position, and Clarence Thomas's position. Oh, wait, that makes five on the Supreme Court. That makes a majority of the Supreme Court. Their position is that you can't, you can't say ignorance is no defense of the law. When people are going to jail for regulations they didn't even know existed because the bureaucratic state is churning out so many regulations every day. And if Congress didn't give a bureaucrat the power to throw someone in jail for failing to comply, they certainly can't have that power. He wants to curtail the administrative state, and that is a very good thing. He says that the regulatory state has gotten too big, it's too unwieldy, and none of these people are elected. And we can't be giving unelected bureaucrats the power to throw people in jail, particularly when Congress has been silent on that issue. For all of you, whether you're on the left or right, that's a good thing because the bureaucratic state has gotten too big. It's 53 after the hour. My buddy Fred on Twitter just made a good point. I wish I had made it. I'm going to give him credit for it instead of stealing it. Uh, the Kavanaugh appointment being so hostile to the administrative state, he says, uh, it's not good for the left. Much of the reason the regulatory state has gotten to where it is is that the left is using it to strangle private enterprise. After all, businesses that are destroyed by excessive regulation, they can point to and say, look, the private sector's failed. And so then the left says, hey, well, the private sector's failing. We need socialism. Yeah. Uh, the left has used the administrative state to go after private businesses, to go after citizens. Y'all, I've got a real problem at an intellectual, philosophical level. I, I Listen, I get it. I learned this in, in law school that ignorance of the law is no defense. When when you break the law, I mean, take take example of me. Yesterday, I, I, I got a $100 fine from the uh, for riding in the toll lanes, and I've got a toll pass, but my credit card had expired. Actually, it hadn't expired. It had been stolen, and I hadn't updated it. Uh, and so I got a $100 fine because I hadn't gone in to update uh, my credit card. And several people said, you can get out of it, and, said, and the Peach Pass people said, nope, uh, you, you've got an obligation to maintain your credit card at all times. I had no idea. But ignorance of of the law is not an excuse. I had to pay the $100 fine, uh, even though somebody stole my credit card. Um, I've got a real problem, though, when the federal government, when the Code of Federal Regulations exceeds 200,000 pages, that Code of Federal Regulations was adopted by people who are not elected, who cannot be fired by voters, who are not in the first branch of government, the branch that actually writes the laws. I got a real problem with courts saying ignorance of the regulation is no excuse. You you got to do this. I mean, take, for example, what was it? Um, one of the guitar companies, which was it? Was it Gibson or the other one? I can't remember. 
Um, they violated a federal regulation that said they had to comply through a treaty with the laws of Indonesia on harvesting trees to make their guitars. The law, the Indonesian government gave them permission to harvest the trees despite the Indonesian law and the Obama administration wiped out the business basically because they violated the regulation that said you had to comply with the Indonesian law, not comply with the permission of the Indonesian government, but with the actual law. And the whole business got wiped out. The guy was punished. And like, how do how can you, you got permission from the Indonesian government. Ignorance of that Indonesian government law should not throw you in jail or wipe out your business. And Kavanaugh is on the side of the small business owner saying the federal government has gotten out of control at the bureaucratic level. This is not sustainable, nor is it healthy, and these people aren't elected. we got to slow these people down. I yeah, I agree with him, um, and I think he will be a good pick. He was not my first pick. He wasn't my second pick. He was my third pick, but I think he'll be good, and I think that the freak out from some on the right that he's not going to wipe out Roe v. Wade the moment he gets on the court, well, the case has to be right. And I think he's going to, I don't think he is going to declare Roe v. Wade unconstitutional or with the four others. I don't think John Roberts will give him the fifth vote, but I think you do have five votes to begin whittling that down. And guess what? The Democrats got rid of the filibuster. They can't stop his nomination. Murkowski and Collins aren't going to vote against this guy. All of this that you're seeing right now, all of the hysteria, all of the outrage, it's kabuki theater. The outcome is already known. This man will be on the United States Supreme Court, barring some senator getting shot who a Democratic governor replaces him with a Democrat. This is going to happen. I expect the left to get violent. 